Hello everyone, and today we are breaking down the walls of Anatomy of a Fall. This to me is one of, if not the best film of 2023, in my opinion. I would not fight it, as I hold this as a perfect film. I genuinely do not believe it has a single flaw. So I'm very, very excited to delve into this one. Um, to quickly sort of go down the cast list, it's not very notable, which is strange. Um, for well, it's a movie. not very notable in America. In America, uh, which is strange for a movie that is held in this kind of regard. However, it's a lot of new stars even over there. Um, if you look at the films that they've been in, the real notable ones, you have Sandra Huller, who was also in last year's Zone of Interest, uh, which will be on an upcoming episode. Um, and you have Jenny... And, and she is, is or hopefully will be nominated um, for Best Actress. And yeah. even though she won't win, I think it would be very deserved if she did win. Yeah, I totally agree. And you also have Jenny Beth, who was in some other popular films over there, Paris 13th District, I believe it's called. And she also did the song that was featured in Ex Machina called Husbands. Um, any other things you'd like to comment on there? Um, if, well, if you're going down the rest of the cast, I don't. I wish I had the list in front of me, um, especially the um, the actor who played her lawyer. Yeah, I um I looked at his thing on Letterboxd. It seems like it it's one of his first like two movies, two three movies. He's fantastic, and I really I, I, I wish I had his name. I don't know if you can find a way to Google his name. I will get his name for Please you do. now. Uh, um, start with some opening thoughts. So let me explain why I, I loved his performance so much. Um, Sandra Huller's performance is raw and powerful and diverse and emotional, and it's brilliantly done. The reason I loved his performance so much, you have his name? Swan Arlaud. Thank you. I assume he's a French actor? Yes, he is. Okay. In the acting world, actors love what they call parts with a lot of meat on the bone. In other words, if you're playing a serial killer, if you're playing someone who's going through tragedy, something where there's a lot for the actor to get into. But the much harder roles for performers are the roles that, that have less to them. Because you almost sometimes don't know how to play them well, because the actors inherently always want to perform. And when the character doesn't offer as much, it's a little bit harder to give sometimes an excellent performance. I thought his performance was so subtly brilliant, and as an acting teacher, I don't use terms like that very often. <laughs> he was so brilliant in not only the way he did everything, but everything he didn't say but thought. The difference between stage acting and on-camera acting, film and TV, very often is that on stage, you've got to be bigger because you've got to push out to the audience and the people in the back row, they can't really see you. But the camera, if the actor's doing their job correctly, the camera can read an actor's thoughts or read an actor's energy. The camera is invasive through the eyes. And I just felt this performance was so beautifully done because he was so connected to her and he cared about her, but he was unsure. 
much like the viewer, he was unsure of, of, of her truthfulness. And though he never really said it, it was apparent deep within his eyes. And to me, I think that is a phenomenal performance. Um, yeah, I mean, to go down this cast list, it's a lot of names you won't recognize, but then to watch the film, it's an experience that I would go as far as to call near otherworldly <laughs> because these are people you don't know, but they are absolutely incredible performances yeah. across the whole board. Um, I believe that there's not a single bad performance in this film, uh, which I believe is a, a real statement about a movie. And we said this with American Fiction, that it is an ensemble performance in that film. Um, but that has some comedy to it. Mm -hmm. This is a straight drama that I believe is better than a whole lot of movies these days. This, um, one of the great things about this film is that it, it, if you told me it was kind of a documentary, I would have believed it. Yeah. And really, there's no higher compliment to actors and director than than something seeming like a documentary in that it's real people going through a real event and nobody seemed like they were on camera. It was great. And if I may do a tie back to another foreign film, um, what this sort of reminded me of in a sense when it comes to a viewing experience, I would compare it to funny games in a way or another. It feels real, it feels raw, it's very, very tense. And you don't know any of these people. Right. So that just really accentuates the tension of it. Um, and Sometimes that's why directors choose to go with unknowns. Yes. Because they don't want anyone associating their lead actor with, or actress, with somebody they already know. They like a face that's new because then you believe it a little bit more. And you have the rare movie where you get that kind of feeling out of something where like if you look at raging bull dog day afternoon the godfather mm -hmm. killers of the flower moon mm -hmm. huge name actors but done in a manner where you don't even you can't you don't connect them to the actor right you connect them to the character right and that is a sign of a great actor yeah and Usually you'll get that with your De Niro's, your Pacino's. Mm -hmm. But I'd be willing to bet you, after watching Zone of Interest, you will not connect it to this film. Because her in this movie was a... I'd use the word masterful when you're talking about the performance. Yeah, it's, it's really great. And, and great performances need a great film to go with them in order for the, for the full impact. And the screenplay here um, is, is just as good yes. as the acting. It's a phenomenal screenplay. I hope it wins. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned funny games. And the other, one other aspect about this film that I really like is the music. Because it takes a huge chance by not having a score. Well, yes. let, let me rephrase that. There is no traditional score. Mm -hmm. um, the last film I saw that had no score was No Country for Old Men. And scores are so impactful for a film. They really can change a movie. I mean, 
you know, if, if, I remember somebody took the music out of Halloween and tried to watch it without the music, and it was boring. So scores are very important. What this film did was it had the son playing piano. And every time the son would play piano, that inherently became the score of the film. His piano playing was the score of the film. Mm -hmm. And that was really done in a brilliant way. Uh, I mean, I'm a filmmaker. I wouldn't dare make something without a score because my films <laughs> are not good enough without them. Um, but this was. Yeah. This was. Yeah, and I think that to tie the writing of the film, which I have said it before, and if you have read my Letterboxd review of the film, I believe that this may be the best script I've heard in my entire life in the fact that as every twist and turn happens throughout the film, it could be any of the paths you could imagine it to be. It is totally justifiable to view any of the possible options of the case because with every twist and every turn, it's they make it in a manner where all of the evidence you're given could go one way or another. There's a gash on his head that could be from him falling and smacking his head on the corner of the roof of the shed thing, or it could have been hitting the head up there. There's no blood on the top of the roof, though, but the ice could have melted it off. So it's every single way makes a ton of sense. And if that gash is from that, did he jump or did he fall? Could have fallen, he was doing attic work, could have jumped because he hinted at it when he was making like a metaphor about the dog. You get a lot of evidence that could all be ruled into any of the categories. And I think when something's written like that, especially for a two and a half hour movie, where from like 10 minutes point blank onward, it is consistently giving you more evidence. And all of the steps along the way make sense. So Anatomy of a Fall is very, very interesting because it's... It is true simplicity that becomes utter complexity. And what I mean by that is, here's the basic premise of the film. A husband falls from the top of his house to the ground, and he's dead. That's not a spoiler, that's the premise of the film. Okay. And there are only two other people around. Their blind son and the wife. So... It's a very simplistic concept. He died. Mm -hmm. How did he die? And the film brilliantly, as Jagger was just saying, takes you on a path where it's not clear uh, of how this happened. They give you options. They give you numerous options to look at. And you yourself, as the viewer, have to decide. And what I found fascinating was what I read on IMDb is that the screenwriter, in giving this script to Sandra Huller, which I believe she wrote it for Sandra Huller, um, never told her if she was guilty or not. So the actress had to make a choice, something that the best actors do, and play this the way she saw it, because they didn't tell her how it really ended. Nor does the film by the way, ever answer the question. It leaves it ambiguous. And there's the spoiler warning for the episode. <laughs> well, I mean... Is it a spoiler? I don't... Is it a spoiler? It's it, a good question. It's, some films, when they're left ambiguous, frustrate people. 
Like, you're like, that's it? What happened? But, like, it, it, for me, at the end of Blair Witch, I was pissed off. I did not like that ending. Politely I, disagree. I know. A lot of people loved it. I thought it was horrifyingly boring. But anyway, at the end of this, you are really left to your own decisions, what you thought, the same way if you were on that jury, what you thought happened, and are you sure? And you're not really sure. That's what makes the script so good. It really takes you in different directions so that such a simple... I mean, there are some movies. I can't even tell you the plot line. This is simple. A man falls to his death, and they're trying to find out how it happened. Very simple. And yet it becomes so complex. That's a brilliant script. I would like to compare this film, if I may, to Eraserhead. Um, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Eraserhead is a very, very strange film that keeps you wondering. And as someone who myself, I believe I can decipher certain elements of film. I said this on the last episode. Um, once Eraserhead was over, I was not only left stunned with how impressed I was by the film, I was also left quite dumbfounded by the fact that it had completely stumped me. I later went in, having read what people said about it, where people always say Eraserhead's about parenthood. It's not. I don't believe that's it. Because I believe that David Lynch had a vision and has an idea somewhere out there of what this film is. I don't think it's about parenthood. I think that there is something more to it. And I think that I was left stumped. Um, but throughout the movie, it but is... But Eraserhead is bizarre and you assume he's on heavy drugs when he made it um <laughs> and and you have to try and interpret this is pretty clear but and you have to much like being on a jury have to decide is this person guilty or innocent how did this happen and i'll talk about the brilliance of the open-endedness of this film in a second but through both of these films i sat there for the whole time and i sat there really working my mind on interpreting every single detail that gets handed to me. And I'll tell you, I really like a film that does that, and I think that there are similarities to be drawn between Eraserhead and this with how completely open they leave it. There is really no sig like no signifiers, I think is the word. I'm still trying to catch the connection between Eraserhead and this, but that's okay. Yeah, there is no signals, if you will telling you this is what happened if you pay close enough attention i've seen this film twice now it's really just whatever you want it to be and i love that um but the open-endedness of this film the film like towards the end within the last five minutes there's a shot where it's her talking on the phone and i'm pretty sure in the subtitles they don't even tell you what she's saying because it's not important she's on the phone she says like wow and then it just says speaking french and it's just her saying nonsense. What you have to be focusing on is Swan Arlaud, his face, as you see a sense of doubt, as, spoiler, she got off the case. They decided to let her off. He doesn't believe it, and you see it in his eyes. And I think that this He's film, not sure. Yeah. He's not sure. And that's, that's what you're left with. I don't think you can positively say... There's basically, like, a few different options here. Was he killed? Mm -hmm. Did she kill him? 
Did he fall? Did he fall by accident or was it suicide? And they, to me, I think it could have gone all three ways. Yes. Um, And she, yeah, she got off. And I I think you care about the character. You want her to get off, I think. But in the back of my mind, I was not sure. I was not sure. Yeah, and for a good 20 minutes, they had me thinking that the kid killed him as well. So, (laughs) it really, it's a movie that's made to go all of the ways that it can. And I think that it handles it in a very, very smart manner. And what I believe is that at the end, she goes home with the son. And the final shot is her laying in bed with the dog, or laying on the couch with the dog. And I believe that the the final segment of this film was through the eyes of the ju- of the lawyer because they don't tell you what was said in that final court case cuz i believe he was in a haze of confusion doubt and unknowingness and i think he the re- the ending of this movie is really his lens of it she goes home and she's laying with the dog cuz if nothing happened but they that whole end of it is in silence. Because in his mind, I believe he thinks she did it and that she is now in a state of relief and or guilt. More leaning on the and side. But you just don't know. But you just don't know. It, it gave me the same feeling I had when I saw the movie Cube. So mm-hmm. Cube is this kind of a sci-fi-ish thriller and Gotta watch that you movie. don't know where they are. And at the end, you have to make assumptions. And that's where I was at the end of this. I ha- Even though they, the court ruled the way it did, that doesn't matter because the way a court rules isn't always the truth. Mm-hmm. And in trying to find out the truth here and them not exactly telling you or showing you, they didn't like show you what happened. None of it was shown. So you are left... To, you were left thinking about it when the movie ends. And I think that's another sign of a great film. When a movie's over and I forget about it 15 minutes later, I think that movie must have sucked. Yeah, that's... Because how, does a, how can you watch a movie, something that people putting their lives into and millions of dollars into, and, and then you don't think about it later? That's ridiculous. This thing, I still think about. Yeah, and I, I was left thinking about it a lot after it was over. Because there's just something about it and something about how eerie it all is with not knowing any of it. And again, I could say the same thing about Skinamarink. The scariest part of it is what's behind those doors. Not necessarily what's shown on screen, but the doors that are closed in front of you. What's beyond that? You see this, whether it be a facade or the truth of innocence in Sandra Huller's character... What's behind those doors? When the son was out on the trip, the, the most, like, really kind of bleak part of this movie was you just don't know. And justice may have been served. Justice may not have. And maybe she didn't do it. Maybe he fell. But it all seems too good, right? So she got off with it. You feel bad if she did do it, because now she got away with it. 
But then again, if she did do it and she went to jail, her son, who's blind, just lost his father and his mother. There you go. So it's this movie's a real internal struggle. Mm-hmm. And again, I love it for that. I think that it did exactly what it was trying to do. And this was written and directed by Justine Trier, who also directed Sybil with Sandra Huller, which is why it was written for her, because she'd worked with her before. And Arthur Harari, I believe his name is, um... Yeah, they was. did a great job. But also, I wanted to mention that the actor, if you have this, who played the prosecutor. Yes, Antoine Reinhardt's phenomenal. Like, w- w- such a. Be- you, you, I think you don't like him you because hate him. You, you hate him. But wow, what a great performance! And the husband. <laughs> you have, who played the husband? Who played the husband? Samuel Thice. Another fantastic actor, and. It's just, you know, this is such a great screenplay. It really needs, you know, the right cast to bring it to life, to give it what it deserves, and it did. There's, it's a small cast, but everyone is fantastic. Um, I heard they spent months trying to find someone to play the son um, (laughs) because they obviously knew they needed really truthful, strong, strong performances. I'll tell you what, that son, as a youth performance, gave a better performance than a good chunk of adult performances coming out of America. Oh, so, totally. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Great cast, great script, ambiguous ending that really me- makes you think. Um, uh, it, it's a foreign film, but a lot of it's in English. Um, a lot of it's done in English. I would also like to give this moment a quick shout-out to Neon, the people that are currently, like, the number one company when it comes to taking foreign films and bringing them to America. They just brought back Old Boy. They brought in Parasite. They brought in this. They are really bringing in some great content that I believe will be the core reason that America is finally able to accept foreign cinema as a true part of cinema as a whole. So, shout out well, to the new Neon. generation. The new generation, yes. Um, if you have not seen Anatomy of a Fall, highly recommended. Highly. Um, when I when I when I first heard about it, it was like someone dies and they're trying to figure out how it happened. Like boring, <laughs> um, but it is so far from boring. It once you get into it, it. I mean, it is a tiring film. Yeah, it, you you don't want it. You like I didn't want it to end, and when it ended, I kind of wanted to go back. And see something else from it. I did go back to see something else from it. And that's great. Uh, Here's the thing. When a movie is up for rent, oftentimes... Or, like, you have to rent it. It's not streaming anywhere. Oftentimes it's harder to come back to. um, And only twice have I really re-rented a movie within a short span. Because I wanted to re-watch it. The only other time that's happened was Before Sunrise. um, Which is an extraordinary film. And I think that this is on that same level if not higher. So, you said this is the best film of 2023? To me, this, and, and, and this is a year of Oppenheimer and Poor Things, and to me, this was the best film of 2023. Um, I think from a enjoyment standpoint, I would say that about Saltburn, but from a technical standpoint, this is most definitely the best film of 2023. Yeah. Maybe the best film to come out of the 2020s so far. And I, yeah, I believe that this is an extraordinary, extraordinary film. Uh, I would do nothing but recommend this to you. Yeah. Um, we yeah. didn't give the son's name. Milo Machado Grainer, Daniel, great performance. Great performances across the board. Yep. The 
the judge not in it much but still a pretty memorable performance yeah no no weak link in this film no so if you've seen it I hope what we're saying has given you some input on something or you agree or disagree but that's what's great about this you can agree or disagree because that's the kind of movie it is and if you haven't seen it I think you should uh, also some quick socials uh, check out our letterboxed HQ uh, that is up now we have a Twitter page up or X I guess uh, you can find us on YouTube if you would like to see the video version. If you're watching this on YouTube and you want to see it in the car, we've got it up on Spotify now, Amazon Music. We're working on getting us on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, we're branching out. We're going to get there. Uh, so we thank you all so, so much for listening in. We are a father and son team. Um, multi-generational. We, multi-generational. We both love film. Sometimes we're in agreement. Sometimes we couldn't be further apart. Um, but I think it's interesting to have two generations looking at things and comparing. And, um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And in the words of Siskel and Ebert, this is a two thumbs up. For sure. Thank all right. you all for listening in. We will see you on... Next Friday to talk about something. Thank you. Keep up with the Twitter. We'll let you know what it is. Good night. Good night.